Hey family, thank you for tuning into Our Roots Podcast with Joseph Babaifa. We're only the strongest roots see the light, brought to you by Botanica Candles and more. And if you haven't had the opportunity, please hit that subscribe button and be sure to tap on that like button. Today we're coming out with an episode that I've been wanting to come out with for quite some time. Um, we're going to be discussing my father in Orisha. Today's episode is Ifa and Agayu. And today I bring on a very esteemed guest someone that I've known for quite some time, a friend, Miss um, Sheena Alagayu. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Sheena, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be able to talk about Dad. He's pretty awesome. It's like we were saying before we started recording, no one likes to talk about this guy. Yeah, he's like the redheaded stepchild. Nobody really acknowledges him for how fundamental he is. He is, and he, he's like very stoic. He really doesn't care. I think right. that's the best part about Agayu. He's like, if you like him, that's great. If you don't like him, that's fine too. That's just fine too. And I, I notice uh, us as kids, we're kind of like that as well, yes. right? You know, you either love us or you really just, you know, you, you keep it moving. So before we get into Agayu and how he relates to you and comes into your life, I want to kind of build up your background story, you know, give people the opportunity to um, get to know you. Um, where are you from? I am from Caracas, Venezuela. Awesome. And, and when we talk about Venezuela, in my opinion, we're, we're speaking about a place that's on par with Cuba as far as practice when we're talking about volume. Correct. Correct. You, you know, you being from over there, um, what were the first interactions you had with Ifan Orisha growing up? So um, my mother is Ifan uh, Batala. Shout out to mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my dad, Ibae, um, was a Babalao, also Ifan nice. Batala. Yeah. Um, my mom got crowned when I was four years old and oh, my wow. dad made Ifa when I was four. Wow. So essentially my childhood was surrounded by santeros and santeras. Um, you know, we used to go to my madrina's house, well, which was actually my mom's madrina's house, but mm -hmm. I thought she was my mother. Of course. Um, and I saw, I learned a lot from them, um, my dad was a godson of um, Isidro Valdez. Otrubo Meji. Otrubo Meji. Wow. Yes. And could you say your dad's name just to, you know, kind of help people understand the panorama? Because he as well um, was known musically, from yes. what I understand. Alfredo Padilla. Wow. And, you know, as far as, like, musically, what was his, you know, instrument of choice? What were some of the things he was involved in over there? He was a percussionist. His um, instrument was el timbal. Okay. Uh, that was his... That this was thing. bread and butter. Nice. Um, so he played with La Dimension Latina, Oscar de Leon. Wow. Uh, he had his own band at one time, which was called La Salsa Mayor. Wow. Um, and then he did projects abroad, Japan, France. He collaborated with a lot of people. So. Well, an accomplished guy, definitely within his, his realm. Definitely gone far too soon. But, you know, the beautiful thing about our culture is that ancestor worship you know we're always bringing them up we're always leaning on their examples to be able to um, progress and grow and, and what was your relationship like with dad I mean you know having a dad is about like some people say oh I'm a preacher's kid you know what I'm saying but having a dad is about allow you being la niña de la casa you know what what was that dynamic like between you and him so my dad um was is my hero nice. for several other reasons but my childhood with my dad consisted of uh Mondays, we would tend to the Guerreros, and so um, we would do that. He would teach me how to tend to my things and then explain to me some of what I could learn and know about the things that he had. Um, and then I am pretty positive, and I only learned this after I was older, that he would consult, consult himself, and he would start reading the Pataquis, and he would read them to me. Wow. So... I learned a lot um, about things that m most people don't typically study. Yeah, you had, um, you know, and even though we won't say it here, I mean, based on your Odu and who you are and your background, it makes a lot of sense why you were born into that situation. And, you know, shout out to dad, because I'd be lying if I'm not going to be introducing that to my children as well, especially the ones that, you know, are just being born or still in that pre-adolescence, because the greatest inheritance we give to our children is our culture. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure it's served you. 
Um, how old were you when you got initiated in the Mano Arula? You know, in your hand of Ifa then? I was almost four years old. Okay. So you guys were all kind of coming in together. My dad had already been um, in the religion for years before he met my mother. Um, and then they got together, they got married. And so what ended up happening is my dad had his guerreros and he would go away on, you know, on his trips, his bailes or whatever. Yeah. And my mom would stay at home and she'd sit there and like talk to his santos, claro. you know, his guerreros at home. And so one day, um, mi padrino Isidro tells my mom, you know, what are you doing, lady? <laughs> Get it together. What are you doing? So he told my father, listen, she needs to receive her own things. Of course. Um, and that was just like the beginning of this long adventure. But everything kind of just fell together. And it was very, very fast-paced. They got married. She received her things. Um, my mom gets pregnant with me. I'm born. Was she going through her yawarahe? No. Oh, okay then. No. Um, I'm born. Then she made Santo. Oh, okay. So right before. Yeah. And then, then they went on this trip about well, when I received my things, which was the longest ceremony I've ever been part of, besides getting crowned. Wow. Um, How many people were in that plante? Because I heard back then there used to be quite a few. I don't remember, but my mom says that it must have been at least 10, 12 people. Yeah, yeah. The plantas in Venezuela have always been in, within that uh, that context. It's and I was the first one. Oh, wow. So I'm like the little girl. Claro. And I sat in that room while they were trying to mark my guardian angel for like two and a half hours. I can imagine. And I was not having any part of it. Claro que no. Claro que no. Because when we're talking about Gayu, he's not on the top of anybody's radar. You know, do you remember who actually said, oh, yeah, Gayu, was it Padrino Isidro? Or did you just I don't remember. Somebody, they must have went to the back of the book then. I don't remember, but they. I remember the conversation was surrounding the river because of my sign. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and they asked Ochung. She said no. They asked Fulano. She's, you know, they said no. And finally they started going to, like, the special section. Yeah, yeah. Orishao, Lokung. You know, the, the people that sit in the back of the bus. Correct. Yeah. And finally they were like, I got you. And everybody was like, I remember. You get floored, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish my experience was that uh, that that much of a surprise. Apparently, people knew Agayu was going to be my father, period. You know, <laughs> I, I'm huge. I break things. Um, and I remember I was thinking, like, Shango. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm a son of Shango. Um, maybe because I was raised with two of them. But I'll never forget when I go for my Itab Orisha, I came out with so many Osas, you know, so many nines all over the place. The Oriate didn't even give me a chance because I was going to ask for Shango. And then Agayu came out and my madrina was like, I told you. I'm like, everybody knew but me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, breaking you know, my whole life. So as you've grown now and you began to understand who Agayu was, what were your feelings like when you started to understand his concepts and be like, oh, my God, this is my Orisha? When I started actually understanding the nature of my Orisha, it was kind of like, it was eye-opening. It was kind of like one of those, oh, wow, so many things make sense now. You know, you go through life with all these straights, right, and this way of being, yeah. and you don't really know. You're like, okay, well, my dad's not like that. My mom's not like yeah. that. Um, and I'm not trying to sound, like, stereotypical, but uh, children of Agayu tend to have uh, a temperament. We're very stereotypical. He doesn't hide who he is, and he doesn't let us hide who we are either. Right. And so, you know, my mom has her temperament. My dad has had his, but I've always been this it took other, it to another level. Yeah, like, intense. Yeah. And for the longest time, I was like, why the hell are you like this? Like, yeah. What is wrong with you? And then, you know, you start learning, and I'm like, oh, that's why. What did dad have crowned? My dad had crowned the Batala. Just like mom. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting dynamic because those two Orishas didn't get along a lot. Correct. When we delve into the Odu of Irosofung, it speaks of when Agayu and Obatala were always going kind of like back and forth. You know what I'm saying? And um, the reason being is because there was a competition going on to see who was going to be the owner of all heads. Agayu started playing a little bit dirty, mm -hmm. and he started filling the path with snakes, and Obatala was terrified of them, right? 
So his children, Shango and Eshu, went to Orumila and said, we need divination done for our father because he's destined for something, but Agayu's not letting it happen. Divination was done. Irosofun came out where they said they needed to get Agayu drunk, right? And they partied with him. Agayu passed out. Badala was able to sneak around everything and make his way to Olofing's palace, right? He was crowned, but Agayu found out and he started flipping out, right? Volcanoes exploding, earthquakes. And Olofing was like, I got to give this guy something so that he'll calm down because I can't even deal with him, right? He called him in and he said, I know you're angry, but you can't change destiny. So you're not going to be the owner of heads, but I'm going to make you the one who controls the ambiance in all of the rooms of initiation. You set the tone, right? And he was content with that. And that's why when you look at Agayu, um, because it's not only the volcano, it's the desert, it's the tectonic plates, it's all of these different things. He has a lot to do with energy. So I ask you as his daughter, how important is that energy for you? Like, are you somebody that picks up a lot on things, oh, yeah. the mediumship? Like, what has that experience been like for you starting and then now as you've matured? So at the beginning, I didn't really, I didn't really know what I was feeling, all I know, all I knew was that I could go into a room and kind of feel what was going on or mm -hmm. what is going on. Um, I can kind of read uh, where the situation and the atmosphere is going. Yeah. Um, and then I started, you know, just kind of, okay, I'm going to just blend in and just go about my business. And then I started developing myself you know, spiritually. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that took it to a whole other level. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I am very, I guess you could call it empathetic. Yeah. I feel what other people feel. Yeah. Um, and it's always been that way. When I got crowned, it took on a whole other um, level. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about the spiritual um, process of you guys, Agayu is is so confident in himself. He wears a skirt of nine colors. Mm -hmm. So when you look at that, you're kind of like, what's going on here? We got the masculine of masculine, and you know he's rocking a dress, you know, to a certain degree. But when we look at the Odu of Osameji, um, Agayu was not well liked. You know, mm -hmm. you you, you kind of see this common theme as he goes through the Patakis and the mythology, where it wasn't that he wasn't doing anything wrong per se. It was just people really did not give him that chance, Correct. you know? Um, so it ultimately led to like a Frankenstein story where people started chasing him, trying to off him. And he ran into Oya in the jungle. She saved him. And she saved him, right? And she said, what's the problem? And he's like, these people are going to kill me. I need to disappear now. So she took off the nine, you know, cloths that she wears, her dress, and she gave them to him. And Oya, having the ability to grow a beard, said, I'm going to grow my beard now. I'm going to run towards them. You start running the other way, right? So when they caught up to Oya, they looked and said, you're a woman. She said, yeah, I know. I just have a beard. Do you have anything else to say to me? And that guy, you was able to escape because they thought he was a woman running crazy through the jungle, right? You talk about the mediumship process and me taking the moment now for reasons that we know, I, I can attest to the fabulous Epiritita that you are. Thank you. Um, how important has that relationship been with Egu, especially with you finding yourself, understanding yourself? Because it wasn't until Agayu received the nine spirits from Oya, right, that he didn't find peace and tranquility. Because when he escaped, he found a land where he was well received by way of those spirits. So how important has that been to you in your process? Um, I can tell you the before and I can tell you the after. Nice. Um, so the before, before I got crowned um, and I was developing it was always um i couldn't get good night's sleep i was always tormented by these thoughts um anything that was not uh at my in my own wavelength i could pick up and absorb um and so it was a constant battle per se with the energies with the spirits trying to understand you know what's happening um at times, it could be very confusing and very overwhelming. Um, I fell into depression several times because of it, because I didn't know what was going on. Um, I get crowned. 
and now it's like i've leveled up yeah so now i understand you're aligned right now i understand and um it's uh it's interesting it's very interesting because now i understand why um certain things approach me right Mm -hmm. why i i get certain thoughts why i'm putting certain situations and i'm sometimes i feel like i'm going crazy but i know i'm not Mm -hmm. it's just whatever i'm picking up whatever energy i'm in um i can sleep now yeah. I don't think I'm going insane. That's I important. Don't have any depression. Yeah. Like, people understand me, and I just, it's it's different. It's very different. I feel, um, let's say, uh, more stable. That's important, and that was kind of his vibe. Like I got you every time you read a pataki about him. You, you, I, I personally always felt bad for him because I'm like, this guy minds his own business and he always ends up in some crazy situation. Either he's running from somebody or somebody's trying to screw him over or, you know, he's at war when he was just relaxing, any of these different things. Now, I ask you, being somebody that is crowned Agayu Direct, um, at what point did you start seriously considering crowning? Being that you're from a spiritual family, an Ifa family, at what point did you consider it and ultimately do it? So... When I was little, after I had, after m- both my parents went through their initiations, um, they were like, you know, my mom's madrina at the time was like, you know, she needs to get crowned. She needs to, and they were, no, eh, ocho con oro para gallu, no, chango con oro para gallu. And I was going to get crowned for one reason or the other. It never happened. It yeah. never, I never made it to the door. Yeah. Years go by. I moved to the States. Um, How old were you? When, when you I moved, moved to here? the States, yeah. I was 11. Okay. Um, I still had that relationship, that really close relationship with my father. And, you know, unfortunately, he passed on 2008. And that was when you were 11? Or how old were you when he passed? I was 20, 20 something. Oh, well. And so that event alone kind of set off this whole search for um what is sheena what is sheena going to do with her life what does sheena have to bring to this world what does sheena have to give yeah um and so i started searching asking questions then um this guy comes into my life and you know who i'm talking about Mm, yes ma'am and he's like so are you gonna get crowned what are you what are you gonna do what are you gonna do and i'm like oh yeah get crowned i'm gonna do uh and he's like why yeah so then we go through the process of finding more information and digging things and then finally it got to the point where i was like i i need to get this done like yeah i couldn't i felt like i was missing half of myself and you know fortunately enough i was i have very good connections in Venezuela. Yeah, because there are very good connections. You and know, fabulous religious, you know, people over there. And um, you know, I spoke to Manuel. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, yes. yeah. He was like, well, if this, if you're sure this is what you want to do, Palante. let's go, yeah. let's do it. And after much sacrifice, it happened. Yeah. Um. It's uh once I got there, I remember when when I when I got there, I got very emotional. Yeah. And my madrina was like, "Devil, why are you crying? You're not supposed to be crying." Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I made it." Yeah. And she's like, "Could you please stop crying?" Yeah. And I'm like, "I can't." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, once I was on the other side, I I just I felt whole. Yeah. And that's that's really what it is. And and to, before I go into my next question, I really want to delve into <clears throat> the importance of that process. You know, here at Our Roots, and, and we've known each other for years now, you know how I practice. You know, everything here is, is ethical and we're non-confrontational. Everybody does what they understand and see fit. But when you look at a topic, there's very few that is hotly debated as this one. It's like it's like the rage right now because I don't know if people are just more open minded to it now because before you wouldn't ask Agayu practically, right. like the old schoolers would be like deja eso para lo último, leave that at the end. But now 
And Odu would come out, and I don't know, one of the Bawala was like, Agayu. And then, you know, out of nowhere, we're getting this surge now of Agayu's children being revealed. Agayu, within the Lukumi Fa context, manifested in the Odu of Sabara, right? And when Agayu was born, it was a very interesting story, right? Because his father was the king of where he lived. Some people say it was the land of Koso. But his father had the habit of going into the jungle and hunting, you know, kingly things. You know, they, they were bored and they'd just, you know, go hunt. He ran into a beautiful woman, right? Ultimately, they interacted and they fell asleep next to each other. And the woman had a dream that she gave birth to a prince and ultimately a king. So when they woke up, you know, after uh, a sensational evening, she <laughs> looked over at him and she said, yo, are you the king? And he said, no, 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 no. And he got so freaked out, he just disappeared, right? Nine months goes by, a baby's born. And this baby is born with a mark on his forehead, right? That's very indicative as we go through the padaki. 18 years go by, and this kid turns into a man-child. Six foot something, very corpulent, big feet, long strides. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I literally means... I see everything with my eyes, and it refers to dad's stride. You know what I'm saying? So as this kid grew within the jungle, everybody was terrified of him. He was like George of the Jungle. You know what I'm saying? Like People were like, when you see the shadow, just dip. So with time, this man, this young man, wanted to know who he was. His father, he was very frustrated about that. Where unfortunately, the children of Agayu prematurely get separated from their parents, specifically the father sometimes. And... He went for divination. The mother took him for divination so he could start realigning with his destiny. And Odumila said, we have to initiate this young man into Odisha, right? But the way they were going to do it was different from everybody else's way. Without going into details, Osabara speaks of how complex initiating someone into those mysteries is. It's not streamlined like the rest of us. Yours is parts segments processes it can be very tedious and my regards to you because as a child of Oshun, we're very comfortable i don't know if i'm going through all those previous ceremonies you know what i'm saying but ultimately he met a wonderful woman um because they lived by the river who was ultimately Oshun. and when they got done with his crowning process they led him back into the city and when they went in they saw the resemblance between the king and this young man where the king came out and said, I'm looking at myself, you know, the mom came out. He was like, Oh my God, that's my baby mama. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, he didn't know he had a kid and you know, he recognized his son immediately. And they say, and it's interesting. You mentioned the tears because it says Oroinya or the volcano or mother earth opened up and let out a spew of magma, which was her tears because she accepted or was happy that her son had been recognized. Right. When you hear this whole epic, you know, Padaki, and apart from that, the direct crowning is also in Odus like Osalafobeo or Barasa, which is the Contrabure. How important was it for you, once having information like this, which I'm sure you had, for crowning direct as opposed to the Oro? Um, for me, it was very, um, it, it, it came down to why why do I want to, it almost felt like I was sidestepping him if I did it Oro, right? Yeah. And I wanted to have him whole. I didn't want to half-step anything. So I went for for it all, you know, at first. Um, and I, it's, it's, you know, people are like, oh, this is a very controversial type of thing. Whatever. Yeah. It, it is what it is. I have it done direct. I enjoyed every single portion of my ceremony. Yeah. And if I had to do it again, hands down, eyes closed, I would. So no regrets? No. You haven't gone crazy? Nope. I, I can attest to that. You're probably one of the most sane people I've ever <laughs> met. You know, like when your muerto comes down, it's like, ¿Por qué me traigan una casa de lobos? <laughs> you know, shout out to Maria. You know? <laughs> But um, it, it's really incredible because, and that's why we were so keen on, apart from you, you actually being crowned direct, you know, having that testimony, because that's the first thing you hear. No, the volcano can't go to the head. 
no, it's going to have all of these rap repercussions and ramifications. Right. Um, you know, when you look at people who crown Elegua, I don't know how they crown Elegua because we're talking about the expanse of the universe, you know, the absence of light. You look at, there's, all of them are, yeah, the ocean. all of them are complicated. You know, there's even, I recently was sitting with a, a brother, Oriade, and he showed me the paperwork to crown Olohu. He showed me. And no tapedio. Like, you look at the steps for it, there's nothing crazy there. So I think what occurred was, at some point, was, no lo vamos a hacer. It's just, it's very tedious. It's, yeah. It's, it's a lot of steps. Yeah. Um, for those that know, you know, um. Oh yeah, it's also very tedious. Yeah, and they're and very, they're very, very, yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. So when you think about, um, you know, ceremonies that have to be done preview, you know, previous to the actual crowning, it's a lot. Yeah, and it takes a large investment. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of preparation. And the similarities between the Oyana Gayu ceremony come from the from the Padagi of Osamei that we spoke about. Correct. You know. The interesting thing about Osabara is, um, could you please tell everybody your name in Orisha? Obadi Meji. The king that was crowned twice. The king that met royalty twice, right? And that name was born in Osabara. Because when Agayu was born, he had the mark on his head. They say he was born with a crown, and then they did the ceremony to him again. There was a very famous gentleman. His name was Octavio Sama, right? Matancero. And this guy was really interesting because in... Matanzas, he was crowned Oshun. And then, or was it Agayu? It was one of the two. And then when he goes to Havana, the people in Havana were like, no, 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 we don't recognize we don't that, recognize right? That, yeah. And then they crowned him again, right? And then they taught him how to be an Oriate and then the famous story and whatnot. You know, it's interesting because we in the Lukumi tradition, we're very Oyo-centric in that regard where once something goes to the head, we're done. We're very Shango-centric in that regard because in Oyo, when you initiate into Shango, they're like, we don't do that anymore. It stops there. So that's where our concepts come from. But I ask you, you know, knowing the legacy behind your name, knowing your process and what you went through, and knowing the benefits that you received from Crowning Direct, what ultimately now is your view of the Oro process for the people that go through it? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. It has to be. It has to be some sort of really special situation. Yeah. But even so, why? Yeah. And you know, there's very prepared Bawalaos, Bawalaos that aren't even with us anymore that had that concept as well. Like for example, I had a, a hand of Ifa recently where the, the young lady came with the Odui Woriwobe, where Olokun speaks very heavily. And one of the Babalaos there, a younger guy, he was like, Baba, let's ask for Olokun. And I said, you're completely right based on the sign. That would be my first option, right? But based on our tradition and based on our community's views on it, I want this woman to actually crown her Orisha, right? If I mark Olokun, and it's very likely that Olokun can come out here as a compatible energy, they're going to crown her Yamaya anyway. Right. Not to say Olokun is not the lady or man, however you want to look at it. But let's go through more, you know, streamlined options before we start having to delve into things that could be viewed as a little more experimental. But the thing about Agayu is there's really nothing experimental about it. They say that they didn't want to crown Agayu back in the days because who had those secrets was Matanzas. You know, when you look at people like Fermina Gomez, Fermina Gomez. you know, your friend knows Matanzas very well. Alfredo Cabo was crowned Agayu Alfredo direct Cabo, yeah. by Fermina the originals, the people who brought Odua in, the people who brought Olohu in. So it's never been taboo other than for whatever reason when we get to Havana. You know I what I'm saying? I think it was, honestly, and, and this is just my my opinion. Of right? course. Um, you know, it's it's easier when you do a more streamlined Odisha. Yeah, Shango, Yamaya. Shango, Yamaya, mm -hmm. Then when you start having to go through all these, you know, these loops to get to Agayu. So let me just do away with all these special requirements and yeah. just, you know, get to what I need to get to. Yeah. And I had that conversation recently where I was speaking to another Oriate and he said, Joseph, I respect the Agayu ceremony so much I don't do it. I said, but Papi, why? He said, because the way I was taught and how it's done correctly and all these different things, he said, I, I'll just crown Chang'o. 
I said, you know, and I got to respect it because at the end of the day, he's the head of his religious household, right? right? And in Africa, it's crazy because they don't have the same concepts we do. When you initiate into an orisha, rather than just receiving it like we do, they do the full thing. So you got a bunch of different things going to the head and whatnot. Um, so it depends on your origins. It depends on your traditions. But me personally, just like everybody in my house, just like colleagues such as yourself, I am of the criteria you crown your guardian orisha. Because no one's going to love you more than dad. You might be right. cool with tia. You might have, you know, good relationships with primo. But there's nothing like papa. So, and you look at the oro process, and it's in a bunch of odus. You know, there's a bunch of padakis. Osameji has one where Shango and Agayu interacted. Um, you know, but the thing about Ifa is that everything is interpretation. Because there's really actually no piece of paperwork, whether it's in Obarasa, Osameji, Osabara, Various Odus that speak about his process, or Salafobeo, that says we're crowning somebody else. It says these Orishas were the ones who were the intermediaries between Agayu and his public. Right. And that was in the Odu Obarasa, where Agayu was the king in the volcano, and he was always flipping out, and he was like, you know, spewing all the time and exploding, and people went to Orula. Odu Obarasa was revealed where Ifa said they needed to make offerings to Shango and Oshun to resolve this issue. Shango and Oshun, after receiving the offerings, kind of created a plot where we got to lure this guy down so he can relax. Because as long as he's in there, he's going he's gonna to kill me. And Shango was the one who had to go in and get him, you know. Correct. So when he lures him out by way of taunting him, they take him down to the river where he cools off. And then they have a conversation. And they're like, Papa, why are you bugging out? He says, I'm stressed out. <laughs> These people don't listen to me. They don't make no offerings. They don't respect me. And every now and again, I got to pop off. But I don't want to be like that. You know, so what do you guys got for me? Because if not, I'm going after this jacuzzi. Because Obarasa was where the jacuzzi was born. After the jacuzzi, I'm going back. And they were like, how about this? Let us be your assistants. Let us be your lines of defense, right? And that's why in the Odu Obarasa, the method of the questionnaire happens, right? Are we crowning Agayu direct? Chango, Ochung. If you look at the Odu, I think it's Irosonchero, Irosotualara. It even says Oshumare, which we don't have that no more. It even speaks of that. So regardless of all this information, my next question for you is, being a daughter of Agayu and being somebody with such a nice personality, do you feel like when you first meet people sometimes, they get the wrong impression of you the same way they did of Papa? All the time. And why do you think that is? What do you think it is that, that makes them so resistant to you initially? I think it's the energy. Yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm a very large woman. <laughs> Phil was like, we got to get the stool. <laughs> yo, she know knock somebody out, yo. Straight up, yo. And so uh, I carry myself in a way that, you know, Tall. I'm very, I'm confident. Yes, right? ma'am. Um, and and that, that can be off-putting to some. Yes. But then once they get to know me, they're like, oh, she's 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 cool. She's all right. No, Sheena, Sheena's awesome, man. And I, I get it, too. And the crazy thing about it is, is we don't really notice it. Right. Like I'll be because in my mind, I'm not on none of that. Like I, I come with respect. I give what I expect to receive. And, you know, we've been friends for a long time and we know how each other is. Like we're a good time. You know right. what I'm saying? But I notice that where even, you know, my wife, Erica, sometimes has to be like, hey, can you can you slouch a little bit more? Like, can you, you know, not can you take a smaller step? Like, right. you know, can you, you know, and I'm like, I didn't even notice. You know what I'm saying? And I notice after that things kind of and then I can go back to being me. But, you know, sometimes it's just a little too much up front. And it's never intentional. It's just the energy. And Mahina, that's him just being my father. But to have him actually go through the brain, that must be a whole different experience. People come up to me all the time and they're like, I saw like, dar, I just and met I'm you. like, I just met hey, you. Hello. Coño, we, make, we just met like five seconds. Ago. I thought we were cool. Um, and then you know it's like, please share with me why you think I am una pesada. And it's just about how they perceive me, not, not at all about how I am. So. Well, you have to leave people be, and that that's kind of what he did, you know. After you crowned directly, were there any naysayers? Like, what have those interactions been like? We're like, oh, he had Agayu, Changoro, Chung, and you're like, no, Agayu. Like, what is I that? I had plenty of those. Listen, I, I went into establishment uh, maybe a year after I got crowned, and I'm, I was with my significant other at the time, and we were looking for a sopera or oba. Uh-huh. 
and this guy comes up to me and he's like, "Oh, what do you have crowned?" And you know, jeez, like, man, just ask me my blood type, ask me my status, <laughs> ask me everything, just, yo. Just ask me how old I am. And yeah, else. yeah, tira a la directa. So I'm like, "Oh, I have, I have a gallo crown." He's like, "Oh, chango con oro." I said, "No, uh, direct, thank you." Well, as it turns out, he is also a child of a gallo, but he was crowned. Chango con oro. Yeah. And he says straight to my face, he's like, lo que te hicieron fue tremenda mierda. Oh, Lord. And I was like, wow. Well, you're respectful. No. Um, and that's the problem with our community. And I'm like, you know, you you can't agree with it. You cannot. I. It really doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I, your opinion is your own. But have some tact. No. No, and and that's the biggest thing, and you included, we've had the biggest obstacles with is because I remember there was a time, and this goes not only back to spirituality and our religion, but, you know, our community. There was a time where there was elegance right? as far as interaction. Like, no one was ever capable of any disrespect. No one was ever capable of a curse word. No one was ever, ever capable of making someone feel uncomfortable because that same person that you mentioned, if he goes to Africa and says, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm a gayu, but I'm chango. They're gonna look and be like, "What is this?" You know, I I had the pleasure of interviewing Popola, and you know, with all due respect and love, you know, Popola. When I said the word Orisha Labatori, he didn't even recognize it, and that's okay because, you know, things change, things move. It's all good, and nothing but love to that camp. Um, but that's why it is so important that tact. Like even when Popola said it to me, he said it in the most respectful ways. Like I, that may exist. I just haven't encountered it. You know, that's how you maneuver. That's elegance. And you, you really don't see that. And that's why it's so careful how people maneuver because you might be right here and then you go somewhere else and you're wrong because he can go to a house where they crown a chung and they'll be like, they hicieron chango, es horrible. Correct. You know, so it's, I'm sorry you went through that, but it's just becoming more and more common. I just, I don't listen to the noise. No, you you got to go based off of the results. You're healthy. You're happy. You're progressing. That's my weird. elders are in perfect, fine, and good health. Todo nobody, mundo nobody, nobody died. Doria didn't die. The Babalao didn't die. Baya, the animalero didn't die. Nobody died. You know, there's just no reason for anyone. You know, if you're going to go, you're going to go. Like, I've seen people crown about that. I, I remember one time I was in Cuba, and a woman received Odudua and Mano Orula the week before she died. And I remember... There was a big conversation like, oh, hicieron esto, hicieron esto. And there was an elder there and he said, familia, sometimes you have to initiate just to be able to die. Right. Sometimes you have to do a bow just to be able to have a smooth transition. The woman died in her sleep. She was 70 lago. She was, she was a fulfilled woman. No pain, no nothing. God forbid she doesn't receive that. Lord knows where destiny could have taken her. So wherever you are is where you're meant to be, you know. And when we look at Agayu, that was kind of his thing, you know what I'm saying? Um... He has interesting themes because in one version, he's Shango's father, right? You know, where, you know, Agayu and Ochanla had an interaction and then, you know, the bastard child that was Shango and that whole epic. But there's another version where him and Shango were twin brothers. Right. When you look at the line of the Alafing Zenoyo, everyone says Shango. But right after Shango, when you look on that list, you see Aganju. And that's where the phrase Obakoso comes from, because when Shango, whether it was the explosion he did to his palace or whether it was him hanging himself in the jungle, they had to find somebody to replace him. And the person they had next in line was his twin brother, Agayu, that lived in Koso, right? So when his twin brother comes back and all his enemies see the same guy that they thought they had killed himself, they said, Obanikoso, the king did not hang because right. it was his twin brother. I ask you this because Agayu is like, he's super clutch. Like, you look in certain Padakis, when people needed a savior, he was, there. he was there. When people needed something extraordinary, he was there. Do you find yourself in that supportive role sometimes with people where it's like, Sheena, I need your help. Sheena, it's three in the morning. Sheena, All I need advice. Time. And how have you been able to, All you know, interact time. with that and utilize that? Um, so I've kind of come to terms with the fact that people will sometimes just call me just because they need help with something. Yeah. Um, it's it was very frustrating at first but once you once i accepted it it was like okay this is this is what it is um and so i do what i can up to the point that i can and then you know you're on your own you got to you got to figure it out after that um i've had people call me at 2 in the morning with panic attacks and i'm just like 
half asleep. Just it's, with it's just okay. with the phone so, on green. Just on yeah, and um, it's okay. You're gonna be fine. I've go, I've been there before. You know, just take a deep breath. And, and it's just it's one thing after the other, and I'm okay with that. I, I do I would, what I can. I would call that the boatman complex because. Papa, apart from being fire and brimstone in the desert, he was a river deity, right? And, um, you know, he was the boatman, and he would take people back and forth. Back and you, forth. Ha- you have to imagine complete servitude. There's even a pataki in Otura Meji where they didn't pay him. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Where Chango and El Egua were like, yeah, a little bit further, a little bit further. And then he flipped out, and then they decided to they, swim the rest of the way. Right. Um, you see that a lot, but his whole time, all he was doing was hearing people's problems. And he never really had a chance to speak with nobody because when people, when it was time to listen to him, everybody would get afraid because they're like, yo, we didn't even know you were going through that. Right. And that's, that's very typical. So, um, at least for me and my, in my situation, in my life, I listen to everyone. A, for some reason, people confide in me. They tell me all their problems, their most, you know, difficult situations, and sometimes when you're going through situations, there ain't nobody there for you. Claro. And so you kind of have to like, let's toughen this out. Yeah. We, we got this. Let's take another step. Yeah. Let's be the mountain. And and that makes a lot of sense. And and I tell you, if there's one place you're going to trust, it is the volcano. He doesn't talk to nobody. He's alone. He's stoic. And that was one of the things I remember when in Maita, you came out. I was like, okay, I'm clumsy. And now everybody knows it. You know what I'm saying? But when you really look at this personality he was beautiful when you go to yoruba land and they talk about this guy they were like he was a giant he was magical he was like had medicinal like miracles like he worked a lot with like elway and stuff like that they have nothing but positive things to say about this deity and his cult over there is very strong like he has a huge following um you know when we look at the odu of otura meji um and that sign was where the bawalaos had a big issue because their bowls weren't working, right? And what they were trying to do was literally move a mountain so that they can get to the other side to establish whatever it was that they were going to. Um, they performed a bowl, and they placed the bowl at the foot of the mountain, right? But nothing happened, right? So they, were, they looked at Orula. They're like, you got nothing for us because this isn't going to work. And he was like, figure it out. And Eshu comes by. And he's like, did you guys say Borui Boi Bochiche to activate the Ebo? And the Bawalaos were like, no, we didn't. And then out of nowhere, Agayu comes out. And he's like, um, you guys look like you need a little bit of help. You should have just said it from the beginning. I didn't even know you were Bawalaos. You know what I'm saying? And he moved the mountain with one stroke. And all of the Bawalaos looked at each other, and they wanted to hate on Eshu, but Agayu was like, he's with me. And that's the famous pose where he puts Eshu on his shoulder, right? And then he leaves with him. But he says, if you ever need me, say these words, and I'll always be there to move obstacles for Orula's sons. So my question for you is, how important is it as far as, like, when you're faced with obstacles to overcome? Have you been somebody, obviously, using, losing your father at such a young age, that's a huge obstacle for anybody, right? No matter the age, but especially at that young adult age, and then, you know, coming from another country here, going through all of the whiplash from the ceremony you went through, like how important is it for you when you meet obstacles and adversity to just push forward? And is that your concept in general? Um, I keep it moving. Yeah. That is, I, I, I think that sometimes, you know, we all want to like drown in a glass of water. Yeah. And sometimes things are not as bad as they seem. So you just got to put one foot in front of the other. Um, when I'm, when I face, real difficult um challenges and struggles i and those that those of you that know me know that i always go and i confide in orula please tell me what i need to do yeah and that's what i do and you hear that too no los hijos acá no tienen nada que ver con ifa that couldn't be any more wrong correct because there's patakis that even say the guy that helps us get there to overcome the obstacles to be able to become our wall is agayu you know what I'm saying? The guy who was able to move mountains, the guy that was able to cross the desert in one step, you know. There's a pataki in Irete Oba. Um, it's an uncomfortable one. And it, it's interesting because it, it involves, um, you know, a couple people that we know as far as personalities. Agayu had a daughter, and her name was Dada, right? And 
everything was fine, but he had a friend named Baba Luaye that was looking for a place to live. And Agayu was always like, hey, man, here's a bed, here's food, here's a bath, here's some clothes. Like, he was willing to give you whatever he had, you know. Um, but unfortunately, Obaluaye started having a situation with Agayu's daughter, who was Dada in this case, right? She was unaware that Babaluaye was positive for syphilis, which is the condition that was born in this Odu, right? Um, little by little, she started showing these symptoms. Her hair started falling out, sores, etc. And the one who revealed the whole situation was Eshu to his father, Agayu. Because Agayu was like, Niha, why? what's going on with your hair? Like she was using a wig and she was wearing a lot of makeup. And he's like, is there something we need to talk about? And Eshu was like, oh, you don't know that Babaluaye sneaks in her room every night and he's this, this, and this? And Agayu flipped out. He literally flipped out. Like Babaluaye escaped, escaped by a hair, right? Um, the other half of the story is that Shango meets Babaluaye in the forest. Babaluaye doesn't tell him what he's done to his sister, Dada. And once again, Eshu strolls by seeing Babaluaye in Shango's house. He's like, you let that guy live with you when you see what he just did to your family? And there's versions where Shango killed him right there, you know, and he brought the body back to Agayu, and he was like, this is for our honor. You know what I'm saying? Very epic pataki. But my, my next question is, how protected do you feel being a daughter of Agayu, especially after hearing stories like this with what he did for his, his daughter specifically? You know, what's it like? I, I can tell you that I've never felt unsafe. Um, I've always felt very protected. Yeah. Always. Always. No matter the situation. Um, and I also have that that um, connection with my Orisha. I I talk to him. I tell him what's up, and it never fails to surprise me how quickly and efficiently things can turn around. Just having a conversation with my Orisha. So I don't. I never doubt his presence. He's always there. He's a constant for me. I tell you, when, when I consult myself or have anything that comes up with him, I know it's serious. Mm. Because, I mean, literally, you know, I'll look at the sobe and I'll be like, are you even there anymore? Because <laughs> we, we don't. And it's it's a beautiful thing because I think the strongest relationships you have with people sometimes are the ones you speak with the least. You know, those kind of friendships take the least amount of stimulation and you never have to doubt whether there's still loyalty or or fraternity there. You know, so I've always had that relationship with him and um, you know, it, it's, it's every time I do something with him, the results are astonishing. Like it's very quick. It's very fierce. It's very decisive. It's very decisive. Yes. And it's like, it's over with, you know, he's not like other, like, Ochung, I have to ring the bell an hour to see, you know, an inch move. But with him, you it's need like this. All right. He, because that's how he moves. He's like, I'm going to take one step, but that's going to be it. You know, you having gone through your process of crowning direct, um, and seeing all the benefits, what would you say to other children of Agayu that are out there, whether they're recently revealed or possibly thinking about crowning within these next, I don't know, year or so? What would you say to them if they're still in that debate of, am I crowning Agayu? Am I not? What am I doing? What advice would you give to your brothers and sisters there? Well, um, I would say to, to have a conversation with your guardian angel and ask him for the guidance confide in him and and you know if you're not sure um do some research ask reach out to others that have been crowned direct see what their experiences have been and if if that is uh satisfactory then go through with doing it direct I I don't subscribe to the sidestepping. That's yeah. just me. But do your research. Do your research. Come to your conclusions. And right. and that's what we're real big on here and we've worked together numerous times, you know, we've we've had these conversations and if you have the information, you have the right. You know what I'm saying? But if we don't have the information, we need that confirmation because it's not only mi casa lo hace así, you know, there has to be some scripture here because if not, then this is nothing more than African epiritismo. You know what I'm saying? So very good advice there. Um, how has Agayu changed your life? <sighs> and what would you say to him if you had the opportunity to look him in his eyes? 
And if I had the opportunity to look at him in the eyes, I would just say thank you. Thank you, because it's it's an honor. I feel very honored um, to be his um, his daughter. Um, but my life went from a bunch of ups and downs to like went from unstable to steady. And it's just the only difference is before I was crowned and the after. Um, so it's he's he's that backbone for me. He's that stability. He's that cane. Baton Biaya. Shino, what a beautiful conversation. Yes. Thank, thank you so much for representing our... I can't say, because if somebody says, Tu eres hijo gayu, or tu lo tienes coronado, I say yes. People think it anyway. I tell them Ochung and they get surprised. They're like, no, no, no. But um, such elegance, such poise. Um, you know, before we disconnect... Um, you know, is there anything you'd like to leave as some final thoughts for our roots community or the Ifa community in general that's going to be viewing this? Um, like I said earlier, do your research, ask elders, um, ask other people that have gone through some similar experience, and and don't lose faith. Don't ever lose faith. That the lack of faith will lead you to despair. So they're always there, no matter what. Nima, thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Family, a couple closing thoughts before we go ahead and disconnect after this wonderful interaction. If you're interested in consultations, products, anything of that nature, Botanica Candles and More.com is up and running for your convenience. Our Roots podcast can be found on all mediums um, and all the major platforms. Please subscribe, like, comment a big thank you from all of us here at our roots podcast and until next time see the light